You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. All right, Darren, it hasn't even been 24 hours since the owners meeting, man. But uh, quick takeaways. I don't even think I really asked for much of the takeaways because I feel like for the most part, you and I are kind of really like the uh, what's the best way to put it? like a chaperone, right? We're just kind of making sure everyone's OK, having a good time, just making sure, like facilitating, making sure things are OK. But for the most part, I thought things went really, really well. But yeah, uh, what are some of your takeaways from the owners meeting? Um, I just want to say that Greg, he is the PDL superstar. Uh, the only really one that is. knows how to work Excel. <laughs> he is the only one of us that knows how to work Excel. Um, and you know, woke up at four thirty in the morning. I saw Tanish's face for the first time. Uh, Michael too, but Michael was kind of in the dark because he was driving, so it was harder to see his face. But um, less less weird things happened this time than the past ones. It was more normal. There was no Jensen, no Kevin um steve was kind of afk for a lot of it but he was typing so he just didn't have camera on so we didn't see a three-course meal but it was it was very tame this year i think i absolutely agree with you but in a weird way maybe it's just because i love to hype up my own league but i i love how in the small interactions you could kind of see the personalities of every owner come through. Like, yeah, Steve wasn't having like an eight course meal, but Steve still left his mark by just like continually facilitating through the PDL, through the chats and all that kind of stuff. And that's just like such a Steve thing to do. And then you have Jeff who makes a phenomenal appearance. I'm sure he had a the lot backwards. of things. He, yeah. Right. <laughs> things backwards. And it's just absolute freaking legend that guy, but like, it's just so cool because you just see little glimpses of personalities kind of bursting. But then you also see like the OG owners, like think of the NFL, right? There are probably some owners who are just like been there forever. And they're just like sitting there and they're like, ah, fuck it. Let's just let the young guys who just purchased or just got into the NFL have fun. It's kind of how we are in the PDL. We're like, ah, we'll see. We'll see what these guys do. And it's kind of obviously a little bit more tame throughout the years, especially when you do factor out no Jensen and all that kind of other hijinks. But mm-hmm. I think the conversation, this is, I think it was the most fruitful owners meeting, right? I feel like a lot of ideas were discussed were typically normal owners meeting. I feel like the hour goes by so fast because people are just like bullshitting about nothing. And at the end of it, I end it because like I said, I usually try to be pretty mindful of everyone's time. And I end it, I'm like, dude, we didn't talk about like seven things I wanted to talk about because blah, blah, blah. I think that was because there was no Kev this year. Because anytime <laughs> that anytime anything was ever brought up, Kev would have to be like, Well, hold on, hold on, I have to make a point. And he, he would fucking talk for like twenty minutes. And it's like it's it's like you wouldn't talk to Kev for a month at a time and he needs to just say everything he possibly can in one hour. But I think that's <laughs> he was the main source of the sidetracking, I think. Him and his <laughs> no shirt. I, I feel like that's absolutely there is like no real gigantic real distract it feels like pdl feels so much more organized now yeah like, we're, we're mature more mature yeah, now I, and i feel like the owners i i don't know it just felt really cool it just felt like a brain trust of all real cool people that obviously that we've made amazing relationships throughout the years in the pdl but all of us being able to take some time and just kind of just shoot the shit about just the league i thought that was really cool and especially the older i get I definitely respect how much harder it is to kind of find time to do just little dumb things like this. Like, I feel like half oh the time, God, no. everyone's like, oh, dude, okay, I could hide away like, from my wife for like 15 <laughs> minutes in the bathroom to do this. I'm like, all right, yeah, 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 let's do it. 
like I, I was just outside and um, like I, I only really had time to cut the grass in my backyard in the side of my house and I have to do the front <laughs> tomorrow. So I was like, I was like, I mean, if I'm going to like exercise and I'm going to do everything else and like eat dinner and like do all the rest of the stuff I have to do, I don't have time to do everything. Like I need to, I need to split it up. I'll finish it tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely true. And now just you can tell we're old because we're having these conversations, right? Like who talks about like, yeah, this is what my Cutting schedule is like. <laughs> but but all right, got to find time for yard, yard work. That's just, but on like 10 years ago, we were like, we had to find time for Call of Duty. That was the number one importance on That's our list. Literally <laughs> only thing. Like we would just text it, yo, how, how far are you from Red Tiger? Because we can get a couple <laughs> more headshots, man. I think we could figure it out tonight. As long as we play Shipman or something, we'll figure it out. But in all seriousness, a really, really great owners meeting. Once again, I just love how, once again, we kind of had an opportunity to see, hear from um, majority of the owners and things like that. So that was fantastic. Um, but uh, what is kind of some of... I guess the one thing you're most excited to kind of see move forward. I mean, right now the podcast means you and I, we devote hours and hours of entertainment for the league. Yeah. So why not say, Hey, because we put in all the work, why not be able to push the propaganda machine a little bit unimpeded from all the other owners speaking. And you know, me, <laughs> um, and I feel like heading into this meeting, the one thing I wanted the most was that playoff rule. And I feel like looking yeah. at the voting, it looks pretty unanimous. So I'm very, very excited. So I feel like the yeah. propaganda machine definitely worked in my favor, but how about you, Darren? I know, um, there's a lot of different things happen. Actually, I think the thing you're most excited for is the fact that we might have a little more clear indication of knowing when the TDL rookie draft is going to be, because I know you're a huge <laughs> draft nut. But other than that, uh, what is one other thing that you're really, really excited to kind of see moving forward post-owners meeting? Yeah, I, I'm on board with you with the six playoff teams because I was really, really hoping, like I didn't make the playoffs last year. And obviously with six teams instead of seven, I would have been even further away because like, I think it was me, Mike and Jeff, we were like kind of in a clump for a couple weeks there. Like we all had a shot and I was like, I don't want to fucking make the playoffs. Cause if I do, <laughs> I'm going to get destroyed. Like, why do I want to make the playoffs? But um, I, I think like six is like perfect number. And then we still have that, that cool little aspect where like the bottom of the seven bottom teams, whoever's the best. So like, if you have, if you get some bad luck and you finish in 10th place record wise, but you have, the fifth most points in the league, you still get in the playoffs. Like, I think that's really cool. Um, I think this is the best way to do it. So like, I'm really glad that and the last time I looked, I think it was, I think it was unanimous. The last time I looked, it, it could have changed by now. Um, it's like someone could have changed their mind, but I mean, I think that's, I think it's perfect. Like, I think that is the way to go. I know like Brian originally suggested that last year, but like, because um, the NFL did the seven teams, I was like, I don't know. I think seven teams is like really cool. We tried it. And it wasn't, it was, it was cool, but like, I just don't think it was great in fantasy because um, I think it was Greg or Brian, one of them that made the point that you kind of want to reward the teams that are good enough to get into the playoffs. And once you have seven, it gets a little, a little watered down and you're not really, you're, it's kind of like a, getting to the point where like everyone gets in the playoffs and you don't really want that because you want it to be like an achievement. You don't want the whole team like and and i don't know i i made the point yesterday myself like with the nba and how there's so many teams that get in the nba and then just no one really cares about the playoffs and until the second round um so we, we don't want that to happen we want everyone and it's not really i guess 
um in the pdl everyone's kind of like engaged but i mean i, I can speak firsthand L- this past year was the first year i missed the playoffs and i did not give a shit at all until <laughs> it was over <laughs> I remember doing podcasts <laughs> with you and obviously I was super invested and you were like, you know, I just don't really care. And I'm like, I, I respect the shit out of that it's, because if I got kicked really out hard. of the playoffs and I didn't make you now fucking salty, I would be, I'd be like, Oh my fuck. Now I got to talk about the guys that are, have better teams than me. Fuck this. It's it's really, really hard to care. Like when you're not involved and I, I understand like um, that was part of the argument for the seven teams, but to counter that, I think that the teams that don't make the playoffs don't deserve to make the playoffs. And I speak from experience. <laughs> I think the best argument that I will absolutely side with you is exactly that. I-, I feel like it should be deserved. And this is probably a terrible example. But like, whenever I feel like people talk, and by people, I mean the media, whenever they talk about certain NFL players and try to talk about the prestige or the accomplishment. They're like, yeah, they're like a seven time pro bowler. Yeah. And I'm like, no one gives a fuck, but I don't want that to be in the PDL where obviously on this podcast, we're probably going to refer to like, Oh yeah, this team made the playoffs last year. So when we say that we want to add the weight being like this team was a good team, but if there were seven teams and we were doing power rankings to guess, honestly off air, I would just straight up tell you, be like, why the fuck are we recording this? Who cares? Like mm-hmm. anyone can make it. Like seven teams make. It. Who? Ca- Why we guess it? Like all we really should guess is all right. Who are the you know four or five worst teams in the league? Because that's kind of the conversation we're really having, but not having. But mm-hmm. I, I, I that's what I think it really boils down to. I think it should be a bloodbath to make the playoffs. You should almost be exhausted by the time you're there, and then be rejuvenated because you're saying, "Holy shit, hold on." Now the path to a championship starts now and look at the seating, blah, blah, blah. It shouldn't just be, yeah. uh, you know, regular season is, I don't, it, what? Uh, sorry, Darren, I don't mean to put him in bad light. You shouldn't be like Odell, where Odell's like, I don't give a fuck about the regular season at all. I'd rather only play in the postseason, which is, I feel like, essentially what it would boil down to when we have that many. But I feel like right now it does kind of look unanimous across the board. But I will be honest. I will definitely miss the race for the number one seed. I think that was also really, really fun. I think that was a great point that was brought on because it's really cool to kind of see who really is that lead dog or the favorite, really. But I think even if we don't only have the one by just because of this podcast and the narratives we like and the storylines we like to generate. I always think that angle is going to be there right there. And regardless if it's just yeah. one by or two by, we're still going to say, well, who's the daddy of the league? Who, who's the guy that has the target on the back who we would mock and criticize if they choke kind of thing. Well, like we'll have those yeah. kind of narratives. So I think if that's really the only reason to kind of keep the seven seed, it's just kind of excitement for the one seed and the buy. Uh, I don't know if that would be enough, but hey, maybe we're just kind of preaching to the choir because it looks like the league definitely agrees with us. But definitely another successful owners meeting. I'm kind of excited to kind of uh, jump back, look at the results of a lot of the polls. I actually uh, haven't actually tabulated all of them. I don't even think I voted fully for all of them yet because I've really been kind of thinking. But uh, one, the results are in or at least when we know what the clear indication of the steps we're trying to get to i'm sure that's going to be a more uh, in-depth conversation we're going to have especially not just with you but the ffc and things like that as well so with all of that being said dare the second half of the pod 
I complained about it, but now I'm actually low-key kind of getting a little bit excited. We are going to continue to talk about some draft prospects because the NFL draft hasn't happened. And I know a lot of the PDL owners, while they might be super-duper tuned into fantasy football and the NFL, might not be as tuned into uh, college football. And Darren, you're kind of my uh, joker up my sleeve. Ace up my sleeve? I don't, I don't know what the term is. Kind of the same thing. I think it's but, ace. Yeah. yeah, ace. <laughs> ace up my sleeve, you know. But but yeah, also seen as a joker, but that kind of works too. But regardless, <laughs> because I always knew you loved college football and you knew I've always struggled to get into college football and I still do to this day. I still don't really watch college football. I just really watch film because I just watch it that way rather than like watching it on TV. Um, but mm. I think a lot of that is because I we grew up in like Philadelphia and like what, what are we gonna do? Cheer on like Temple? Like uh, Temple is yeah. not very good. Like Nova, Nova isn't even D one, and like Penn State is like a freaking cult. And when you're growing up in Philly, I'm not saying you're not supposed to like Penn State because obviously a lot of my friends went to Penn State. But like, oh man, it's like Temple though. Like we play at Link, and you know what I mean. Like I was like, I'm not cheering yeah. on fucking Penn State. And then at that point, I don't really have an attachment to any colleges either. So. That's why I feel like I always had you when it boils down to things. And I've actually been really enjoying kind of breaking up prospects with you because I want to kind of see what your takeaway is. Because what you look for and what I look for are typically different. That's why you and I kind of like different types of players. But I know this is something that the listeners know as well. Isn't it funny that we know each other so well that it's not uncommon where you or I will text each other saying, dude, I bet you like this guy, right? And yeah. Nine out of ten times you're like, yeah, how'd you know? How'd you know that's like my <laughs> sleeper RB1? What what did you see? And you're like, dude, I just know. <laughs> and more often than not, I'm like, yeah, I fucking hate this guy. But when I watched this, I was like, dude, I bet Darren, I bet Darren is head over heels. And you're like, yeah, Tommy, you're right too. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty accurate most of the time. I mean, by this point, it's been so many years that it's just obvious, like that. Which guy? Like, I know in, in a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Kayshawn Booty, when you were like, you probably liked him. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was planning on drafting him. <laughs> but like, before yeah. he just stopped giving Gave a up. fuck, like before this whole last year happened, I was like, you know, Booty's <laughs> probably Darren's like top three to top four wide receivers. Lock it up. And yep. then this season happened, obviously, and then that has changed things. But, yeah, when I was watching that, I was like, that's a classic Darren. And even a Zach Wilson when I was watching, and this was just as prospects. And I was like, Darren, I bet you like Wilson. And you're like, yeah, yeah, he's the kind of guy that I would have loved in, like, middle school and high school, too. But I have now gotten smarter. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I completely see that, too. But this is where the excitement comes, because I actually don't really know what you look for in a tight end. And before we talk about prospects, just to kind of fill up the airtime and more professionals, the tight end position is kind of the most wild to me because obviously mm-hmm. wide receiver probably has the most depth because you have an X, Y, and Z wide receiver. Uh, and to break that down, uh, you have the prototypical X, the big guys, the big body guys that could get the separation that you see that could win outside the numbers. Then you have the shifty guys, uh, what I would say the Bill Belichick guys, right? Down in the slot, that could win in a lot of different ways as well. And then you kind of have the tweeners, like the Debo, the Cordero, uh, Cordero Patterson, sorry, uh, kind of players as well, where you can't really fit. But then with tight ends, it's kind of wild too. You have like these athletic monsters, like a David uh, Njoku, where you're just like, yeah, he's just a better athlete than almost everyone on the field. But like, how can we figure out how to get him the ball? Then you have the more classic kind of possession type of tight ends, like the Jason Wittens, Keith Millers. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I-, I would. 
wouldn't say TJ Hawkinson's really that. Uh, Hawkinson's a little bit more athletic than I give him credit for. But like, you know what I'm trying to say? There's like mm-hmm. with technical guys, then it's kind of all over the place as well. So I feel like this draft specifically kind of magnifies that because I feel like there is a number one tight end uh, for a lot of different of these kind of prototypical builds. So it's almost like, well, yeah. what kind of tight ends do you like the most? And then if you were to tell me, then I'm like, oh, then I bet you have uh, Michael Mayer as your tight end. Went, oh, you don't want that like consistency? Oh, you're probably Dalton Kincaid guy. And then just like kind of going from there. But what are your kind of thoughts in the tight end landscape, at least right now as it looks? Because right now it's obviously Travis Kelsey and then everybody else. So is it yeah. safe to say when you're looking for a fantasy football dynasty tight end, it's safer to look for more of the receiving ones than more of the quote unquote complete ones that the NFL might hold in higher regard? Yeah, you basically want a guy that is not going to block that much. Unless <laughs> Just essentially they are... a wide receiver, a big, a yeah, thick wide receiver. Unless Rob Gronkowski, you don't want them to be blocking because Rob Gronkowski was just like a – he was a different animal. Um, but you're you're taking away snaps that you could be catching the ball. So you basically want a guy that plays the same position as Cooper Cup, but they're four inches taller and 50 pounds heavier. So – you basically want Travis Kelsey, <laughs> um, but you're that's like the ideal. Like, obviously, there's Travis Kelsey because he he can block, but he doesn't really block that much. Um, and he's not like the best blocker, so he's not has to do it that much. But you have a guy like Kyle Pitts, for example, and, and he's a good blocker. So Arthur Smith had him blocking probably more than he should have been blocking. So you want your guy to be kind of like a mediocre blocker. You don't want to be a liability because if they're a liability, then they're not on the field. But you want to be good enough as a blocker that they'll ask them to do it once in a while. So they're always on the field. But the other snaps or the majority of the snaps, they're able to catch passes. So that's like the ideal role. And you need someone that's like athletic enough to do it because tight ends and historically, if they don't meet like like the combine testing for most positions, it's like bullshit. But for tight ends, if they don't meet like certain thresholds, they're basically just like blocking tight ends like um i can't think of one off the top of my head right now there was a dude that used you you specifically used in madden for years and oh it's pretty much every baltimore raven um tight end there was this one guy there was this one guy that used he used to go the blocking specialist no yeah i know who you're talking about Uh, oh god every league we did (laughs) i always got him and i would convert him to my fullback every single time because i was like dude this guy's a freaking monster oh no i'm completely blanking on his name too oh that's sad Man, I'm sorry. I'm completely letting you down. Like five years in a row. (laughs) Yeah, and then sometimes just to get under my skin, you would go out of your way to sign. I'm like, damn, you don't even use him. And you're like, yeah, but I know how you use him, so I'm not letting you. And I'm like, god damn it. But like that guy wasn't athletic, and so they basically just used him as an extension of the offensive line. Yeah, he was just like another offensive tackle. Yeah, so like that's what you don't want. You don't want your guy to be unathletic because then they'll just be a sixth offensive lineman, and you don't you don't want that for fantasy football. Um, obviously, in real life, they serve a role, but um, I don't know. Like I, I t- tend to like the guys that are just like super athletes, like Kyle Pitts and OJ Howard and David Njoku. Like I like those guys, but if we look at history, they don't really work. <laughs> they don't pan out. Um, I guess Kyle Pitts is the best of that bunch, but he was terrible last year. Um, David Njoku has been like okay, but he never really has been like great, you know. Like Vernon Davis was a baller. 
Let's oh, just yeah, ignore Davis. the fact that was like 40 years ago, but that's fine. That was a really, really, really long time ago. Oh, wait, and also, and I know this is, and I don't want to like jump the gun, but Evan Ingram really came on strong. And the reason I believe in this one specifically is because it's connected to Dougie P. And we know Dougie P knows how to use his tight ends. Yeah. And Lawrence is an actual good quarterback. So I can feel like that's a real chemistry that's developing. And let's be completely honest. Evan Ingram is just an athletic wide receiver. He's yeah, not I a think tight he's end. barely a tight end. Yeah, yeah like he's... his title is tight end so they could pay him dirt cheap, but yeah. he's not blocking ever. He's running yeah. routes like 99.9% of the time he's out there. So I think like that's who you want. You want essentially a cheat code. And what a cheat code really is, is you get to put a wide receiver in your tight end spot. And that's why Travis Kelsey has been that, um, you know, cheat code. That's why Darren Waller kind of was able to kind of contend with Kelsey, but Darren Waller is just a six, six wide receiver that they just call a tight end. And mm -hmm. those are the type of players that you would want. And so I feel like in the grand scope of things, it could kind of be a little bit skewed, especially in the tight end landscape, because what the NFL values and what the fantasy community values are completely different. And so that's why I feel like this draft is going to be so interesting because it's not even a secret. The elephant in the room says this might be a big draft for tight ends. But if you look at history, you don't want to spend a first round pick in a rookie draft on tight ends because that's just a waste because you have absolutely no idea how it's going to turn out either. So it's kind of really trying to really I guess you're kind of playing with fire, right, Darren? Because the success so, rate on tight ends is low, but it sounds like you might have something on that. So Greg's um, bold prediction is that six tight ends are going to go in the PDL draft in the first two rounds. It sounds like you don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I, I think... I think it I don't will. Either. I, think, I, I don't either. I don't think right? that I think not, that's Maybe not six, but... I, I think... At, at most, we get five. At most, but six, I would be surprised. Like I think, realistically, three or four. Um, I think what's going to happen is people are going to have short-term memory. They're all going to fall in love with the measurables, what these tight ends look like at at the measurables, and just completely ignore the fact that these are rookie tight ends that you're trying to call shots on, regardless of landing spot. I'm just saying, like in a, in a vacuum, I think all of us are smart enough as fantasy owners that have played dynasty. Tight ends typically take a while to develop. I mean, hell, even look at uh, Kyle Pitts. Look at any tight end, really. Look at the landscape right now. Like, no one mm -hmm. is really standing out. So you're really betting against history, but I feel like people are really just going to fall in love with these athletes, and they're kind of turn a blind eye, and you already kind of see that. And if that many tight ends go in the first two rounds, I absolutely see it. Like, you're kind of seeing the hype build, and this podcast, I'm sure we're going to hype up some of these guys, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if as many as, like, four to six actually go within the uh, first two rounds. I, I probably wouldn't bet that, but I absolutely wouldn't be surprised at all, especially because of... I feel like how the media in general are talking about some of these players, because I feel yeah. like... It, that's kind of the back the whiplash effect from the 2023 class because remember how high this draft class was held up and then now people are kind of looking at it a little bit more and they're like well we got Bijan, we got some nice pair of quarterbacks up here we got jsn um when johnson isn't really what we thought he was addison i don't know his measurables is kind of getting kind of scary for a lot of people well uh, but look we have a lot of good tight ends so i feel like people are kind of trying to compensate in a weird way would you agree I, I think that 
with the wide receiver class not being great, the running backs are really deep, and it depends on like draft capital and stuff like that. Still, obviously, landing spot, those kind of things. Um, but I think people are going to be like hopeful of these tight ends, but as you kind of said, you never know what you're going to get with a tight end. They can be the perfect all-time wonderful prospect, and they still suck. So you, when you're taking a guy, um, like years ago, right? Um, Kenny drafted TJ Hawkinson. I have him now, but Kenny drafted TJ Hawkinson in the first round and he wasn't like very good until this year. Like that, this was his fourth year in the NFL. It took him four years before he was finally like good, like good TJ Hawkinson. Like that's a long time. And he was drafted in the top 10 in the real NFL draft. Like that is, that's a long time to get, to get going. Even like the quote unquote, Good Hawkinson just means that now he gets like nine catches for like 62 yards. Yeah. And he's only a hundred points behind Travis Kelsey now. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's really like you're, you got a long time to wait before they kind of hit what they could possibly be. So most positions like wide receiver, running back, running back, they're usually like right away. Like if they're going to be good, they're going to be good the first year. Wide receivers, there's like two or three years quarterbacks is like two-ish years uh tight ends is like four five maybe like a lot of the guys they're not even good until their second contract like evan ingram like he's been in the nfl for like what six years like it's <laughs> so the tight ends, they just, <laughs> imagine they spending a first round pick you're pretty fucking pissed at this point you probably if you spent a pick on evan ingram in your dynasty league um you probably you did not have him long enough to pay off whatever no. this season was no way because you probably if you tilt it and we were like, fuck this. So like he had a great a rookie season, then he just kept getting hurt and then off the Giants, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm done. Yep. So I, I think a lot of the tight ends are they're frustrating as hell. So I think like I know what we've been doing our mocks. Um, I think it's possible that one or two go in the first round, but after that, I I, I think maybe we get two per round at most. It would have it's to be a dream scenario. It would literally have to be like Dallas drafting oh, yeah. tight end in like the first round. And you'll be like, what the fuck? All right, Dak. Okay, I see this. Uh, it would have yeah. to be um, uh, like it would have to be something drastic like that. Like uh, like uh, the Chargers all of a sudden. Everyone's like, oh, my God, they need speed. They need a wide receiver. And all of a sudden they take Kincaid or something. You're like, oh, oh my God. I have, yeah, like if you, you get have one of attention. these tight ends, like if you get one that goes to Cincinnati and one that goes to Dallas and one that goes to the Chargers and you have them all going to like great landing spots. Sure. I could see five or six going. In the but first let's be honest. Rounds. I feel like every single year, Darren, like clockwork, we text each other like halfway through the draft and we're like, dude, all these landing spots fucking are terrible. I know. They're all like, so shitty. Like, of course, <laughs> this person would go to New Orleans. Of course, they would go to the Steelers. Like, like this fucking sucks. And then if, we look at all if, the box and everyone's like, this is this is how it's going to be. How, dude, there's no way the Buccaneers would pass on this person down the board. And it fucking happens every time. And so, once again, of course, anytime we talk about any monster of looking at it with rose-colored glasses, but I think it is so funny every single time. Like I said, like clockwork, this year, I guarantee you, you and I are going to text back and forth saying, man, these landing spots, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, like, I mean, if you think about it, like, so a couple of years ago, right, the Eagles had Zach Ertz, and they drafted Dallas Goddard. So... Dallas Goddard was one of we the both love Dallas Goddard. We I think he was yeah. our tight end one, both of us. And then when he went to the Eagles, yeah. we're like, oh, what the and you're fuck? like, oh, Jesus Christ, he's not going to be good for fucking three or four years. Like he just stuck behind Zach Ertz. And it's like, 
It's going to happen. I mean, it could happen this year. The Eagles have the 30th pick in the draft. They They're going to take, take like Luke Musgraves, and I'm just going to be like, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. <laughs> he's, he's just done. He's not going to do anything for three years. Like, he's just not doing shit. And it's just, actually, it's I saw something that this is actually the same age that Zach Ertz was when Dallas Goddard was selected. Oh, yeah, they're totally taking a tight end then, 100 percent. Yeah, like, I'm just that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not I'm not guaranteeing you that they're going to take one of the Titans that we we're about to talk about. But this was the same exact age when uh, Dallas Goddard was selected. It'll probably be Darnell Washington. That's my guess for who the Eagles take. I'd be fucking remember when I texted you about Darnell Washington. <laughs> yeah. like three months ago i was like dude look at this giant motherfucker and you're like are you talking about the georgia tight end i was like yeah the guy who plays like one snap a game and he kind of sucks but like i fucking love this guy but well, we'll talk about him but let's actually do it that way let's actually start with the top i have a list in front of me i don't know how accurate it is but i feel like most consensus top tight end is michael mayer would you agree with that darren um I think so. I think I'm that I'm not saying he's the best. I'm just saying what like what most people would say. Like there's not I a lot so. of cons to this guy, but he's also not going to blow you away, but he is yeah, just a football player. That's like what everyone says. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because he in real life football, he has been the best tight end for the last 3 years. I was going to say but... he's been the, a household name in college football in the tight end category for a long time. Yeah, but he's like He's not super athletic. He's not the flashiest guy. So, like, he's probably going to be held to block. Uh, he's only, he like, are. 21 years old, 22 years. Like, he's super young. <laughs> so, After, like, I don't know how he's this young. When I was like, oh, Michael Mayer's finally coming out. I can't wait to draft this 24-year-old tight end. And I looked at his age, and I was like, hold on. Yeah. Hold like, the I, fucking phones. How is he, like, 21, 22? This makes no sense. I think he's going to be really good. But maybe not like amazing for fantasy football, um, especially. Here, not hold right on, let's away. help our listeners out right now. Michael Mayer, he is the tight end from Notre Dame. He's six five, weighs in at about two forty nine, so about you know two fifty. Uh, like I said, right now he's twenty one point eight years old, and mm-hmm. his play style is a lot of people's been saying Witten. <laughs> I think yes, more I of like a Heath Miller, but we're kind of saying the same things, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. I think he's like my comp that I actually wrote down was Jason Witten. I think he's like Jason Witten, Heath Miller, Pat Fryermuth, like something like that. Like I think he's like like a complete a, a, tight end, a complete but like grinder kind of. Yeah, like he's not oh, like a Gruden grinder, man. John yes, Gruden exactly. would love this guy. <laughs> like I don't think that he is like the flashiest guy, but he's going to get the job done. And I know like a lot of the people in college, he was nicknamed baby Gronk. He is not Rob Gronkowski. He's not. Um, But I mean, I think he's good, but he's not like an absolute superstar stud. Can't miss kind of guy. Like I really like him. I would love the Eagles to draft him, but for fantasy football, he might be like underwhelming. Like he's not going to be Travis Kelsey. I don't think. Yeah, to me, he's literally just a prototypical Y tight end to me. He's just, it's kind of odd. Like, he'd be like a top, like, people would lose their minds if he was coming into, like, the 2010 draft, right? Like, everyone would be like, holy fucking shit, this tight end. He might go top five kind of thing. But because of how much the NFL has evolved, I'm not actually too sure. So, Darren, I might be putting you on the spot here. Do you think he's going to be the first tight end off the board in the NFL draft? I think so, because it's normally like like TJ Hawkinson, who I think he's like semi-similar to. Um, he was the first tight end 
in that draft. And he was with a prospect who he played with, Noah Fant, who a lot of people thought that he was going to be better for fantasy football. He was more athletic um, and he was drafted ahead of him. So I, I think that the NFL is going to like Michael Mayer more than fantasy players do. I know that like uh, Daniel Jeremiah has the next guy we're going to talk about, like ranked higher. Um, but I, I think that Michael Mayer is just like teams are going to like, I think more teams probably have Michael Mayer ranked higher than I'm just going to say it's all in Kincaid. Um, I, I just think that more teams have Mayer higher on their boards. If I had to guess from like past um, draft classes. Yeah, and we will talk about Kincaid next, but just to kind of put a bow on things, from just the prospect, like, lenses, where would you rank Michael Mayer just as a prospect against other tight ends when they were coming in? in the hand? Like, uh, you kind of compared him to Hawkinson, just as a pure prospect, mm-hmm. which one uh, were, would you, like, side with? Um, I, I would say Hawkinson was a, would be a little bit better of a prospect, um, really? but not like, not like. I think they're very similar. I do. Um, I, I have Michael like, Mayer by a lot. Is that weird? No, I don't think it's weird because I think that they're close enough where like you can you can argue both ways for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and I mean Michael Mayer won the the Mackey Award twice. I think. Um, he should have won it this year too. So he really should have. It's voter fatigue. I, it's a LeBron James syndrome. It is. So like he. Based on like resume, Michael Mayer is probably like the better prospect. Dude, he even um, said it. He's been the best t- tight end in college football for like two, three years, yes. and he's only yes. he's less than twenty two years old. And now when we're nitpicking him as a prospect, we're like, ah, he might mm-hmm. be like a discount win. I'm like, I'm not saying he's already better than what. No, no, he he has to have a Hall of Fame career to be able to back that up. But I mean, he's gonna be. I'm not saying he's gonna be good, but like, I feel like at every part of his like every part of his game translates really really well to the nfl in my view um but fantasy wise i could definitely kind of see the hold up right because you might have a little bit of a hesitation because you might want a little bit more of that explosion well yeah and and my thing with him is he's just going to be asked because he's a good blocker so he's going to be asked to block more than you want for fantasy football so i think that he's just going to like I, i i don't know and it's kind of weird that like leading up to the draft that T.G. Hawkinson was in, everyone was kind of expecting him to go top 15. But people are saying that, like, Michael Mayer might not be, like, a first-round pick. And it's kind of, like, it's not the same. He's not held in the same regard, it doesn't seem, for whatever reason, as T.J. Hawkinson was. It's strange. Um, but, I mean, I think he's, like, he's close to Hawkinson, but, like, kind of, like, Pat Fryermuth, but like better. And in our PDL draft, Pat Fryermuth didn't go to the second round. So I think like in PDL draft, he's probably going to be like a late first, early second round pick, something somewhere around there. Um, but like, I, I don't know. Like, t- I I hate tight ends. I, I do. I really do hate them. <laughs> so you're not like Max, because Max obviously, this is his favorite position. Yeah. And it's like, like, I, I think they're cool. And like, Gronk is one of my favorite players of all time. Like, I like tight ends when they're good. But like most of them just suck and they're they make it so like not fun to cheer for, you know? <laughs> no, I completely. Get that. 
Yeah, well, no, that makes sense. It's not the most exciting, and if you, especially if you look at the landscape right now, there's no reason that the tight end room should bring anyone that much excitement. That's why I guess uh, Max is built a little bit different. All right, kind of like you alluded to, Dare, uh, Kincaid kind of seems like the next tight end. This is a tight end from Utah. And if I have the stats correctly in front of me, he he is about 6'4", weighs 246, senior, uh, 23 and a half years old. Darren, take it away. Uh, who does he kind of remind you of? How, who does he kind of play like? Sackerts. Ooh, I is, like that. That's who I, that's who I think he is. He's like, he's, he's not like the most athletic. He's a great receiver. Um, he understands like the spacing on the field. Um, he's not the best blocker, so I don't think he's going to be asked to do it that much. He's kind of like why... Travis Kelsey without like the athleticism. Exactly. And and some people are, I think, kind of crazily comparing him to Travis Kelsey. Um, really? Think, people like... are saying that? Oh, yeah. Yep. And I, I think that's kind of nuts um, to compare. Like, I, I mean, I know I just compared Michael Mayer to a Hall of Famer and Jason Witten. But I think that's kind of different. Like, I think Jason Wynn's more attainable than Travis Kelsey. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I don't know. Like, I think Kincaid, like, if you get a Zach Ertz career from Dalton Kincaid, you'd be very happy, I think. Um, I think, obviously, it depends on, like, landing spot and draft capital and all that stuff. Um, but if he could very well surpass Michael Mayer as the tight end one in fantasy in this draft, I think. Um, I'm sure a lot of people probably already have him as a tight end one in fantasy um, just because like they're not expecting him to be used as a blocker as much. He's probably going to be used more as like that slot receiver, like a Travis mm -hmm. Kelsey. Mm -hmm. um, so if he goes, if Dalton Kincaid is say he's drafted by the chargers, he's tight end one. And it's, there's probably no really question about it. Then you're going to see him shoot up the draft boards and he's probably most likely a first round pick. Um, and then at that point we could see two first round tight ends. Like we mocked in our, uh, draft. Um, it's, it's kind of crazy because the wide receivers in this class, we haven't talked about them yet, but they're kind of underwhelming for the most part. And the tight ends as a group, I think they're really good. Like, I think that this. Also, I don't mean to cut NFL you off. Players. Continue your thought. But the funny thing is a lot of the wide receivers are very, very undersized. It's kind of Small, been a theme yeah. for the past two years. The fucking tight ends are fucking gigantic, dude. Yep. Yep. They're we all haven't really even talked big. about it. We're probably going to talk about them next. But Luke Musgraves, that, that motherfucker's 6'6". Six, six. Washington, 6'7". Mm -hmm. What is this? Yep, I know. And, and they're all like they're all real big. I think even like Sam Laporta. I think he's even like 6'3", 250 or something like that. Yeah, and like Michael like Mayer, we're like, oh, class. yeah, he's kind of like, you know, he's 6'5", 250. Yeah. Dalton so, Kincaid, 6'4", two, almost 250. Like, these are big, big guys. So oh, yeah. I, I love what you're saying there. So I, I think that from a fantasy football standpoint, I like Kincaid more than Michael Mayer, but I think Michael Mayer is the better football player. Um, so I think like for real life, I would take Michael Mayer 10 times out of 10 over Dalton Kincaid, but for fantasy football, I might consider Dalton Kincaid, um, obviously draft capital landing spots going to play a factor in there. Um, but I mean, he's going to be using the receiver a whole lot and we could see that kind of Evan Ingram factor where he's not asked to block that much because he's not great at it. 
So he's just asked to catch passes and make an impact on the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. When it comes, he's like, this is like the prototypical, what do you want to go for? The better football player or the better, you know, fantasy football prospect when it comes mm-hmm. to at least the tight end position. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of see where that goes. I'm definitely in the mayor camp, but I'm also pretty booty when it comes to evaluating tight ends, evidently. So mm-hmm. we'll take that with a grain of salt. But the next tight end I want to talk about is Luke. Musgraves. He's another senior. This is a tight end out of Oregon State. So shout out Oregon guys. I bet you guys may or may not have heard of this guy, but he's also gigantic. I also kind of mentioned that he's 6'6", about 250. And man, for his size, he's very, very athletic. But Dare, who does this guy remind you of? Mike Gusecki. Um, Very athletic. He's a terrible blocker. Horrible um, blocker. So I think I mean he's, he's willing. To... He tries, but he's bad. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's Mike Kaseki because they're Mike Kaseki's also big, athletic. He's fast. He's a terrible blocker. Um, but it, it, if you're good to the right spot, that's a good thing. Uh Mike Kaseki, when he is utilized correctly, uh, he's good for fantasy football. But a lot of teams don't really like putting that kind of guy on the field all that much. Um, I know that the Dolphins this past year, they picked up his franchise tag and they were just like, yeah, we're not going to use you. Like, we're going to give you $10 million just to hang out for a year. <laughs> um, I don't even, where did Mike Gusecki go? He signed with the team, right? Where did he go? Patriots, dude. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he is That's going to be interesting because they're like, yeah, we don't need Janu. Oh, you know what we do need, though? Gusecki. <laughs> so, if that is, I mean, I think that Hunter Well, Henry, that Bill this, O'Brien I, this now, is though. Of, I, Bill O'Brien's That's an actual true. good offense. Like, I know he gets a lot of shit for being a bad GM, but I think you and I would agree because we know what he did at Penn State as well. But whenever he's been, you know, tested, he usually pulls thorough. And let's be honest, anything is going to be an upgrade from what New England kind of gave Mac Jones last season where who who was the offensive coordinator? Was it Patricia? Matt Patricia. Yeah, yeah. like, what, what the hell is that? So I think there's definitely going to be an upgrade. But now we're having a completely different conversation. But... Darren, just to bring it back to Luke Musgraves, uh, I kind of want to play a fun game. Would you be impressed if I said in two games, he was able to get 11 catches, about 170 yards and a touchdown? Like, that's pretty solid. But the bad part is he only played two games last year. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of rough, right? Because you get kind of excited. Like, damn, he did that in just two games? Like, all right, I'm listening. But then... That kind of happens. I feel like the big knock on him really is he's very, very raw and he doesn't have a lot of experience to back up why he might be that raw. But when it comes to just pure athlete, he he kind of has to get you very excited, right? Yeah. I I mean, I, I, I think he's probably going to be one of those guys that takes a couple years to get going. um, And we might see him, three years from now, be like an impactful player in fantasy football, or he could be Mike Gusecki and he has like some, some moments and he signs with the Patriots in a couple years. And you're like, ah, shit, (laughs) it's probably not going to (laughs) happen. So I, I mean, it's, it's interesting um, to kind of think about how these guys careers are going to play out, but you never really know. Like Luke Musgrave, for all we know, could be the best tight end from this class. You never know. (laughs) <laughs> so and it, and honestly it could be a guy that we're not even going to talk about like it could be um, oh, no it's going to be the next item we talk about but you, you continue this i don't want to cut you off 
No, I'm just saying, like, we don't really know anything about tight ends as much as, like, the NFL doesn't know anything about tight ends, so we really don't, as much as we think we might be like, oh, yeah. And this even guy if we good. do, I love the pundits who act like they're, like, holier than life, and they're like, oh, I know everything. I'm like, bro, for all oh, yeah. you know, he's going to go to a situation, and then that coach is going to get fired, a new coach is going to come in, and, and, and then from there, it's a shit show. Like, how do you know what's going to happen? How do you know how yeah. he's going to react to in a battle against a veteran or this happens or like, you don't, we, we can't predict like, that. I know I mentioned, um, uh, Noah Fant earlier, like a few minutes ago. And when Noah Fant, I, I know we talk about Penn state all the time. And when Noah Fant was at Iowa and they would play Penn state, I was terrified of Noah Fant. I didn't give a shit about TJ Hawkinson, but Noah Fant, I was like, he's going to fucking eat us alive. And the one game I went to was Penn state and Iowa and he's massive. He's like 6'5", 250, and he makes like everyone on the field look small. And then he gets to the NFL, and you expect him to be used as how they use, you know, Travis Kelsey. And he wasn't. So it's kind of like the way that you get used. And now he's on the Seahawks, and he's kind of ro- rotating with Will Disley, which is the stupidest shit ever because Will Disley's not good. Um, it's it's very strange how like teams view these guys. And you would think that they would use them differently, but like sometimes they just get stuck in situations where they're not used to their best ability. Um, sometimes they are like, say Travis Kelsey was, I think it, he would admit it himself. He was a moron in college and high school. Um, he was kicked off the team in Cincinnati and had to be reinstated or something like that for like, what did he do? He, he did he was it for smoking weed or did he get in a fight or something like that? I can't really yeah, remember. Yeah, he definitely got in trouble. I'm forgetting the but reasons though. I know that um, Jason had to like vouch for him and say he was gonna like watch him and like he would he was gonna like make sure he was on the right path and whatever, um, so that they would like let him back on the team. And if Travis Kelsey didn't end up with Andy Reid, and he I think he said it himself like he owes his career to Andy Reid. Like if he didn't go to the Kansas City Chiefs he probably wouldn't be Travis Kelsey. Like he could have went to somewhere with uh, like John Fox when he was with the bears, he could have got drafted <laughs> there and Travis. He, he would probably, be dead. His career would be over. He wouldn't even be in NFL right now. He so, would like, be the, the guy, guy where playing... we would be like, Jason Kelsey has a brother who used to play tight end in the NFL. <laughs> exactly. Like we would see him. He would be like Jackson Mahomes. He would be doing TikToks in the fucking studio booth. Like, because uh, Jason Kelsey's in Super Bowls and Travis Kelsey's career would be over. He would probably be on like reality TV or something like that by now. Yeah, Chase because... and Chelsea. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, he did have a reality TV yeah. show. He always <laughs> so says how it's it like one of his biggest regrets. I always think it's so funny. I totally forgot about that. Yes, but like if, you, if you're a tight end, you need like the stars to align really for you to be good. Like that's just what it takes. And you're like we saw... Kyle Pitts, right? Kyle Pitts is the best tight end prospect ever. And Arthur Smith was like, nah, I'm not going to use you. Sorry. I'm going to, I'm rather going to run the ball with Tyler Algier like a hundred million times. That's what I want to do. So Kyle Pitts is like, you're going to, you're going to sit on the back. Brian's nipples are just so hard right now. (laughs) It's just bursting out of his uh, shirt. But, and it's like, you got, you have to go to the right spot. Like if Kyle Pitts, went to San Francisco, right? With Kyle Shanahan. Probably would have been awesome this past year. Probably. Um, It's it just, I don't know. Like, tight ends are just so, so fickle. It's trying well, to nail down a moving screw. <laughs> no better way 
then wrapping this up, I know you brought up Laporta, but I am going to override you and say, screw that. I don't want to talk oh, about him. We, we, got, we, we can spend five seconds on Sam Laporta because he's the fifth best guy that I've mentioned so far. He reminds me of Hayden Hurst. Like he's, I know he's your boy, Hayden Hurst. Um, Dude, he's, he's good like at everything. Average. Hayden Hurst is good at everything. Exactly. He's, he's not like, great, but he's, he's the TJ Yeldon of everything. tight ends. Yeah, exactly. I love that. That's perfect. He's, and that's not a knock. Like, I'm not going to okay. get upset about that because you're right. <laughs> he's okay athleticism, okay blocking, okay receiving. Like, right he's okay in the locker everything. room, exactly who you want. Yeah. Does the right job. Won't get a penalty, you know. Yeah. Like, I think that he's... That's that's why because like the, the fifth best tight end in this class is Hayden Hurst, who who Hayden Hurst won in the first round of the NFL draft. So maybe maybe Greg's right, and we see like a whole bunch of these guys get drafted early, and which forces us to take five or six tight ends in the first two rounds of the PDL draft. Um, but like Hayden Hurst didn't he didn't pay off to be a first round pick, right? Like he. Probably no, should have been drafted in the second or third round for sure. But so, hold on, Darren, I need to gear the conversation to be more optimistic. To because your boy. Now, we got him. <laughs> you, we were talking about oh, right landing spot. Is he the? Let me tell you, a locked and loaded, absolutely safe. Let's say Hall of Famer, at least in the PDL. We should probably get something ready for this guy. Already get a bust open. His name is Darnell Washington. This motherfucker is six seven, like two seventy. Uh, he's twenty one mm-hmm. years old. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body because he didn't play very much in 15 he games. He only had what, like less than 200, like less than 500 yards. He only had two touchdowns. He had less than 30 catches. It's, um, you know, not looking too great, but the plus side is well, his 20 shuttles elite. Well, you know, another player that had less than 50 catches in their career, George Kittle, you know, a player it. that had less than 100 catches Same in their more. career. Rob Gronkowski had less than 100 catches in his college career. So I think that that kind of stuff, it matters, yeah, because he's raw. But I think with Darnell Washington, he is such an excellent, excellent blocker that he's going to be on the field early. Like, I don't know if you saw the video of him moving the sled. Did you see that? That is half of the mystical reason why when I talk about this guy, I'm just like, some people are talking about how people might just draft him and convert him to a tackle. Like what people did with Jason Peters way back in the day, because Jason Peters is also a behemoth of a man. And if Darnell Washington is already showing athleticism, but he's super raw as a tight end, people are just out just straight up saying like, well, maybe he just might become a tackle because that's how good he already looks like as a blocker, but continue there. But yeah, that, that sled thing was unbelievable. He's blocking our. It's like the three man sled, sled like thing. <laughs> yeah, and he's pushing it like he is an offensive lineman. So I think because of that, he's going to be on the field early in his career. It's going to give him a chance to develop, and he's going to be able to kind of really grow into himself as a player. And he'll be able to work on his receiving skills, right? Like, I think that that's what he needs. And because he's such a good blocker, he'll have that opportunity. So actually, here, hold on. Who does Darnell Washington remind you of? Because I I asked you who all the other prospect tight ends remind you of, but not him yet. I said Mercedes Lewis. um, And I know that's that's kind of like not really. I I mean, I think that's the closest at least size comparison because it wasn't Mercedes Lewis also very tall. I don't know how tall he was. He's like the same. I oh, think really? He's, like he's six, the same eight, two, six, Oh, my yeah. God. He's, he's big. 
But I, I think that like Mercedes Lewis, he's like 40 years old and he's still in the NFL. And that's because he's such a good blocker. Um, and Mercedes Lewis, he actually used to be good, like as a receiver too. Like along when they had the Maurice Jones Drew on the Jags and stuff, like Mercedes Lewis was good at one point. Um, so I think that like he's, or like maybe like a Martellus Bennett, like he's he's a big athlete and he can block. Like I think that like something like that is like what he reminds me of. And I think he can really like he can put it all together, I think. He's like the he has huge size. He's very raw. He has that Georgia mentality where he can play with that swagger too. But mm. I, I just feel like when I watch him sometimes, and I think why I love him so much, he reminds me of like a puppy that's growing up really fast and not really understand how to use <laughs> his size his yeah like he like his tail <laughs> and butt is like banging onto the corner because he's turning too quickly and his body smashes against it like darnell washington like even did you see that one ridiculous catch he made at like what the combine and everyone was going crazy on twitter like it was definitely impressive yeah. but like when the dude's moving he looks like he's falling the entire time like a waiter carrying yeah. some, like a bunch of beers and it looks like he's tipping. He's just trying to regain his balance. <laughs> That's like the constant state in which Darnell Washington looks like when he's trying to be an athlete, which I don't mean to dunk on him, but it's just because of how big he is. His one stride is like seven steps for a safety. So it's like, it's really weird watching him play, but essentially because of his huge mismatch, so, the quarterback just has to throw it in his general zip code and he'll catch it. I think um, it was Mike Mayock, I think, that used this kind of metaphor. But he, he would say that, like, the guy is a moose on skates. So that's kind of like what you're saying. He's so big, but he can't – he doesn't know how to work his legs yet, kind of. But I think, like – Dude, if he can figure it out, thing, though, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. If he can figure it out, he could be the best. You, you know actually what he looks like? Exactly. He looks like a basketball player who's never played football before. And they're yeah. like, you know what? Put on a helmet and shoulder pads and just go. That's literally exactly what Darnell – like, because he's athletic. I'm not saying he's mm -hmm. not athletic at all. Obviously, he is. But that's exactly what he looks like. He just looks like a dude who's never played a sport before, but he's just, like, very big. I wanted to say that at first. I wanted to say LeBron James, but, like, I didn't want to be, like, too cliche about it. But, yeah, just like um, any just, just like athletic, yeah, any athletic basketball player, and then you just grab mm -hmm. him, and be like, yes, okay, now put on pads, here's a helmet, and now just run a route, and that's exactly kind of what he kind of looks like. Yep, I, I think that he has the body type of like um, Tristan <laughs> Thompson. We're spending or, like, more LeBron time talking James. about Darnell Washington <laughs> than we talked about King Cade and Michael Mayer. This is great. <laughs> he is. He's the. I think he's the most exciting. Because I, he's I so, of, like, gigantic. It's, it, it's, it's weird. like, it's, he can create an eclipse by himself. He's gigantic. It, it's weird, though, because, like, he's kind of, if you're going to make Anthony Richardson into a tight end, it's probably Darnell Washington. But I, I'm not as excited because a lot more goes into the quarterback position than the tight end position. But I think if he can put it all together, Darnell Washington, he can be the best tight end in this class. Like, and I think that's easy to say about him because his upside is there. And I don't think that his floor is as low as someone like, um, I mean, I guess for fantasy, maybe like he, it could be because he could just be used as that Anthony Beck. Is that his name? Anthony Beck? Is that his name? He could just be used as a blocker, like a full-time blocker because he's so good at it that mm -hmm. he might just be like the guy that's in there for the road grader and he's going to 
clear just holes. Just for like or... comedic value. He doesn't even have to be like good at the position. Like imagine he's mm-hmm. out there running like a flag route in a corner and he's on an island with fucking like Buda Baker who's short trying to cover him. And then all you have to do is just launch it up. He doesn't have to be refined. He just has to just be bigger than him and just jump up. There's literally yep. nothing Buda Baker can do. Buda Baker is a much better football player at the end of the day. But like Darnell Washington, as long as he could just know how to box out and just use his body, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, he doesn't even need to be good at tight end to be the mismatch that I think coaches will see. Like, you're telling me right now a GM isn't just going to be, like, the guys who are like, oh, yeah, I rate people based on handshakes and what they look like. I He's got to look <laughs> like a football player. You're telling me Gettleman isn't at, or, like, Gettleman-esque type of player, the avatar of Gettleman, isn't walking around the combine looking at motherfucking Darnell Washington, and he's not running back to his scouts. Like, tell me everything you know about this number zero Georgia guy. I need to know. He's like, well, he didn't really play. I don't care. I don't care if he's there in the third round. We're taking him. I, I do not care. Isn't that how they um, talked about Adrian Peterson back in the day? They were like, his handshake would break your hand and that kind of stuff. Oh, my God. Yes. Which and is he's been like the biggest true, unicorn. Like, a lot of people, I forget. Who the fuck was it? I was literally just listening to this. Somebody talk about Adrian Peterson the other day. And, oh, I think it was Pat McAfee. And he was saying how he was like, he was named the team captain for that game, and Adrian Peterson was out there, and he was, like, so pumped up, and he was like, I'm going to catch him, and I'm going to get him before he's able to, like, give me the grip. And Pat McAfee, like, went, like, full in, and he, like, grabbed his hand as hard as he could, and AP was like, I'm going to get you next time. And I think he said it was, like, after the game or the next game or something oh, like no. that. AP grabbed his hand first, and he was like, I thought my hand was going to shatter. <laughs> so like- he dislocated my pinky. <laughs> It, it really is true. Like the some of the dudes, like especially like old white dudes, if they see like this, you're telling me old white guy sees Levis right now with his biceps and a tank top. They're not screaming at the oh, yeah. GMs, just being like, "You got to draft him." Like owner, oh, yeah. you got like Ursay, you got to relax, man. You got to relax. You can't. You got to stop telling me to draft this guy. Like, think about how that far that man could throw the football. Like, they're, <laughs> that's all they want. Like, they just want the biggest, fastest, strongest dudes, and it's like. I don't care about how his football intangibles. I just want the biggest guy on the field. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it does. Um, sometimes they're Christian Hackenberg where they literally are like, what, a 6'5 dude? And you're just like, yep, no, nope, he just can't do it. The one time I was at um, Penn State when Christian Hackenberg was there. Yeah, yeah. And he would walk around with a baseball hat on and like pull it down like he was like a celebrity, which I guess he kind of was at the time on Penn State's campus. I but, mean, after that one year with Bill O'Brien, he was pretty much a walking <laughs> god. And it was, like, so weird because even with the hat on, you knew it was him, you know? like He's he pretty is, easy to pick out from. He's, like he's six, a gigantic five. human being. <laughs> he's 6'5", 240, and you're like, okay, this is <laughs> this is quite clearly Christian Hackenberg. But, like, no one really said anything to him because, like, obviously he didn't want to be, I mean, That's like, the whole reason to. he's trying to go, like, over. They don't want to be like, hello, yeah. Christian has. Hackenberg, who has a fake mustache on and a hoodie. What's going on, man? But you remember, um, I don't know if you remember, but Khalif Wyatt from Temple. Oh, yeah, of course. When I went to Temple, Khalif Wyatt was there and he would we would always forget the name of the chicken place at the um, student center. This is, I'm not even trying. This is just like where I saw him all the time. Um, you freaking lived there, there, man. I was there. They have fucking good ass chicken strips. And I was there. They had they had this like sauce 
This I is guarantee you that's like the best pitch Temple could make <laughs> when their recruits come. Hold on. You got to come to the cafeteria. You got to check out the sauces on the chicken strips. It got Robbie Anderson here. It got Sheldon got Richardson. It got, I'm trying to think we of got, all the like, uh, Terrence Knighton. Yeah, there, there was actually tears. like a really good run with Temple where we got like really good players in like the first second round. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, Hassan Christ. Reddick went to Temple. Yeah, Hassan Re- <laughs> Like I guarantee you, they're like Hassan Reddick right now. If you were telling him anything about Temple, I guarantee you'll be like, Yeah, the chicken strips. Yeah, that's what got me. That's Rod what got Streeter, me. Rod Streeter, TJ Walker. <laughs> Streeter, dude. I forgot about these guys. Like there's but, a lot of NFL players that went to Temple. But anyway, like Khalif Wyatt on the other end of the spectrum from Chris Packenberg, he like traveled around with like a group of basketball players. And like if you like you could tell he like wanted to talk to people and you went up to him and you're like, oh, what's up? And like, you know, he would like that. He wanted to be recognized. Yeah. Like he was he wanted the celebrity that came with being a like a popular basketball player on the college campus. Like he wanted that. And Chris Nackenberg did not. And that might be part of the reason why he failed as an NFL player, because I feel like you need to embrace that. I, I, I feel like that's part of it. Yeah, I feel like when you're a quarterback, you kind of need some of those. And especially if you hide away from it, you need like elite traits to really make up for that. Right. Because there aren't there aren't typically like soft spoken quarterbacks. And anytime there are, you always like I feel like the media always plays against it. Like Brock Purdy, they're like, well, he's kind of like soft spoken. Like, does he like is he Mm -hmm. beta? Does he suck? And then he's like, well, the kid just wins a lot, though. So I guess it kind of is fine. But it's almost like. They want to use it against you. So you really need to do something to combat it. And Hackenberg definitely did not have that. No. But don't worry. Darnell Washington will not have to worry about that because he's uh, he's pretty much slam dunk. Uh, more I, I locked up than Bichon, of... you would agree, right? To definitely not bust. <laughs> well, I think part of the reason why Darnell Washington isn't like talked about more than he is already is because of Brock Bowers. Because I think Brock Bowers, Brock Bowers is, so, is good. so good. He's amazing. I, I, I think that like takes the shine off of Darnell Washington a little bit, like because Brock Bowers the big is knock a is definitely animal. the fact that like everyone is kind of oogling with his size. Like I am, I'm memeing him right now. But mm-hmm. the combat is well, he was that size in college where it's even a bigger mismatch than it is in the NFL, and he didn't get that much play time, and that has to be a knock on him. But I like what you're bringing up. It's not like he was getting benched for nobody. It's not yeah. really getting benched, but losing playing time to freaking Brock Bowers. Yeah, and then Brock Bowers and Michael Mayer were the two best tight ends in college football this year. So if you're losing time to one of the two best tight ends in college football, I don't think that's like the worst case scenario there. It could be worse. <laughs> yeah, like if you're losing, if you can't beat out like a Hayden Hurst-like guy, then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. what's what's kind of going on here? If you but you can't like, beat yeah. out like Tucker Craft or Sam Laporta, then uh, <laughs> all right, you're probably not great. But he wasn't beating out Brock Bowers, who, who I would say right now, Brock Bowers next year, he is probably going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. Like he is going to be a very highly. He is literally Georgia's like entire offense when they're not just running. Yes. And he's going (laughs) to hit like the he's going to hit like the sexy athletic metrics that the NFL likes to see. Like he's going to he's going to have the production profile athletic. He's going to be everything. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that might hold him back from not being a top 10 pick is. um. Kyle Pitts because if Kyle Pitts is bad again this year then they're going to be like yeah you know the Falcons did a top five pick and he wasn't really worth it so I think that might be pushing back like to the top 15 range or something like that but I think he's he's like locked in just in college football and the impacts he's made in college football he's 
made more of a mark than Kyle Pitts ever has. Kyle Pitts obviously has the trump card in athleticism, pure athleticism, because he pretty much broke it. Yes. But I would agree that Brock Bowers is definitely good. But just to kind of put a nice little pin on this episode, at least, now discussing about, you know, the top, what, five, six, seven, I don't know how many tight ends we've talked about. Now kind of reflecting, do you, how many tight ends do you think are going to go in the first two rounds of the PDL draft after now talking about it? Does that kind of change your perception I, on it? Obviously, the, there's no landing spots. That will change. I, I think definitely three. Definitely. We could maybe hit five if they get good landing spots. Mm-hmm. Like if the NFL, like if a lot of these tight ends are drafted and like, you know, even I, what, I think second, if, third rounds, even yeah. I'll be like, holy crap. I think if Vegas was to set the over under on the PDL draft, I think they would probably set it at three and a half because I think three is probably safe and four is possible. So I think three and a half would be the over under that Vegas would set. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that because 101 is locked up at Bijan, 102 is locked up at Darnell Washington, and from there, the real draft begins. And mm-hmm. since one is already going in the top two, I, I guess I could see maybe two, three more after that in the next remainder of the two rounds, I would have to imagine. Yeah, it's it's just like after Darnell Washington, they get like less exciting, right? Like they're not, like I, I, I would like to have uh, Mike Gusecki type in Luke Musgrave, but I don't necessarily want the real Mike Gusecki on my fantasy team. So I'm not that thrilled about it. But Mike Gusecki's career could have went differently if he went to a different team. So and, how about the uh, still, Tucker Craft guy, another six five gigantic guy from South Dakota State? Tucker Craft could be something too. Like it's, it's a lot just, of people are comparing depends. him to Hunter Henry. I've been hearing. And you know I loved Hunter Henry, but at the same time, Hunter Henry never really panned out in fantasy football. I never knew why you loved Hunter Henry so much. You just sent me like a picture of him like on a horse, and you're like, dude, this guy, this guy. Hunter fucks. Henry, Hunter Henry has a horse that he named Hunter Henry. <laughs> <laughs> After that, you're like convinced, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I just went for it for the memes. I had no idea why you liked him so much, but I was like, all right, this is great. And then I actually, well, he, was, he was actually really good at Arkansas too. He was, like, he was he really was. good. But and then like, but I think like it's guys with like horses. Like when I saw Ed Oliver, when Ed, I like I I liked Ed Oliver. I thought he was like good at Houston and everything like that. But then when I saw Ed Oliver standing like on his feet on the back of a horse, I was like, holy shit, this guy is legit. Like that motherfucker is like six foot whatever he is and three hundred pounds. All right, tomorrow like... there's like an Instagram <laughs> like real drop of Will Levis literally just on a galloping stallion and you would just be like, holy shit. This is I'm unbelievable. Sold. Like his biceps are just holding the range and they're That's going all... full Mach five and you're just gonna be like, oh my God. <laughs> That's all he needs to do. He ride a horse with his shirt off while he's flexing and eating a banana. And then oh no, could you actually imagine him just holding it with one hand and the other, he has a football <laughs> and he's throwing a tight spiral that travels faster than the horse. And you're like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, he throws the spiral and then he rides the horse to catch his own pass. <laughs> and it's like a perfect tight spiral. And then you see, Oh my God, that ball traveled like 85 yards in the air. And then they caught it. And he did it on the back of the horse. Damn, <laughs> we need a we need to call Levis and become the marketing guy, right? We can get a draft of one-on-one, I think. 
I, I think we could. I think we could probably convince. You're telling uh, me you show that to Ursa, and then now they go back over and they're like, all right, let's go to the Panthers. I know they gave up a lot, but give them even more so we can trade up. I, it's it's every there was another player. I can't remember who it was. There was another guy that was a horse guy. Uh, it was around the same time as that Oliver too. I can't remember who it was though, but it was another like big dude. And he was like, I love riding horses. And like uh, Devin White. Devin White. Club, yeah, he, Devin White loves he's like horses. like a horse guy. I don't know. I don't know. It's something about horses that they're like, I think it's just like such a large man, like riding a horse is just like so. That's your kink. Weird. I get it, dude. I, it's fine. <laughs> it's just I, so... I, I, dude, I don't shame here on this pod. It's okay. I understand you <laughs> love undersized, very young players. It makes me uncomfortable, but I, I accept it. And now I understand if there's any connections to equestrians. I'm like, oh, yo, this is a daring. Kind of like if I saw a feet pick, I'd be like, oh, yo, Rex Ryan. Okay, I get you. But now if I see a horse attachment, you but know I'm be... screenshot and sending it to you. <laughs> It has to be specifically a very large man riding a horse because if it was like Rondell Moore, you're I'd telling be like, yeah. me right now, right now, I reach out to Max because he's a guru with this kind of Photoshop stuff. And I'm like, dude, I need you to Photoshop a shirtless picture of DK Metcalf squatting on top of the biggest black stallion you have ever seen on top of a mountain because I'm trying to trade rape Darren. I'm trying to get his entire draft entire team for just dk but if you photoshop me this picture it might i feel like you would just lose it you you it'd be yeah. over yeah because it's just like i don't know i don't know what it is but it's like it doesn't really even make sense logically because it's just like oh we understand it doesn't make sense logically that's more, why we're still talking about it it's it's more it's more difficult to see a small person like a horse jockey. Maybe that's what it is because like horse jockeys are so small, but like they're the best people that like control horses. Yeah, you see Braxton and... Barrios on a horse, and you're like, "This is fucking bullshit." This is this then is you where see he's Casey born, Hampton on one, and you're like, "Holy fuck, this is <laughs> Holy amazing! Shit. How is this, this is a miracle of life." This guy. <laughs> <laughs> this I don't is know. So amazing. But... The thing that really got me with Hunter Henry was that he named his horse Hunter Henry. And I was like, this guy is a fucking legend. Like, how the fuck? Like, <laughs> has anyone ever named their pet after themselves in, like, all of human history? Because, like, that that, that is like, true. That's like you getting a dog. I'm like, oh, Dare. Sweet. What's what's his name? Oh, yeah. I named him Darren Williams. And I'd be like, yeah, what? Hold on. <laughs> like, what the Wait, fuck? What? Hold on. What did you say? When not I like Dare that, Bear. Like, nothing. Right. Just literally not Darren Jr. No, no, no it's just Darren Williams. Darren That's Williams. his name. First and last name. <laughs> <laughs> like when i saw that i was like all right this guy is fucking built different like he's something's <laughs> something different in his brain and he's going to be a fucking superstar obviously it didn't work out but he's well, like hold he's on don't say good. that because this is just a short or a long promo to say all right guys thanks for listening this long we're going to actually drop a draft guide and it's gonna have darren's diaper index to ensure <laughs> that you're not gonna bust we're not gonna lead you astray and now we're gonna also <laughs> add the horse, horse horoscope yes <laughs> if we find any kind of connections were they a part of the equestrian club in high school did they ever take a field trip to a farm did they grow up in idaho i don't know we'll find it for you we'll check their facebook marketplace searches and we'll just make sure that this guy does not fail at a very low low price reach out to either carolina or delco we accept payments and draft picks right darren and i, I i'd like I to you know like i'd like to be pretty cheap and uh well, we'll see if we'll send the guide over. I know. What is it? I think the last time we checked, it was about four, five gigabyte 
size of like the yeah. Excel sheet. It's it's a lot in there. I I, I was gonna actually the low low price of fourteen ninety five. Yeah. No no no. Maybe like two first round picks. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how it gets there. But it's 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 that that weird thing with the horses hasn't really worked out because like like Devin White's good, but like Ed Oliver, he's like. He's okay. I expected him to be so much better. Huge whiff yeah. by me. I thought he was fucking amazing coming out. Yeah. And it's like, you're not, I don't know. Maybe the horse thing is a stupid thing now that I'm thinking about it because none of the horse guys have ever really been like amazing. So, and you know, Eric Berry famously scared is of, afraid horses. of horses. Yeah. He Terrified. hated horses. Like when he was <laughs> like the chiefs used to have a horse that would run around. He fucking hate it. So there, I, I don't know what you're on right now, but it's not looking too good. Well, I don't know Jared Allen. He's like a cowboy. He kind of retired by literally riding a horse off to the sunset. He's I don't even like, like a Hall of Fame defensive end. I don't I don't I rode a horse one time and it was the first time obviously I only did it once. So it was the first time I ever did it. They put me on the biggest fucking horse there and the horse tried to like buck me off and I was like fuck this shit man like <laughs> I don't want to end up terrible. paralyzed. I saw what this did to Superman. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is awful. No, I was like holding on for dear life, and that horse was like trying to get me off, but I didn't. But not I, every time you see like a rodeo, you could talk to like whenever you oh, have yeah. kids, you could talk to your son or daughter, and be like, yeah, I did that. I, I survived I like a ten minute buck. <laughs> ask your ask your mom. She was there. <laughs> she was, and it's like I was I was scared to death, and like the horse, I was like ten feet off the ground. And I was like, this is not natural. I don't like, like dude, this. If you fall, you would have I would have died, dude. I wouldn't have survived. <laughs> I had to stand on a fucking box to get on the horse's back. Like, I was like, this is the yeah, Could you imagine fucking... if Tua fell off that? He would just snap his neck and die. Probably. That would, that would be the career ender for him. <laughs> but no, that scary, is though. incredible. Thanks, Darren, for jumping on. Dude. I, I shouldn't have doubted you. I was not looking forward to doing the tight end podcast episode. I, I was telling I think you this year was recorded. good. This year was good. Like most years you can usually do like tight ends in about 30 seconds. But I think this year is a really good tight end class. Yeah, this one was fun to talk about. The next one we're going to tackle is going to be the wide receivers. We're definitely going a little bit more in depth because naturally there's just more wide receivers to talk about because there's so many different types as well. That one's going to be fun because wide receivers definitely your favorite position, right, Darren? Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, by, by like it's always been wide receiver for Dare. Yeah. So uh, that absolutely makes sense. Really excited to jump in. But before we go, Dare, do you uh, predict any trades from now until that episode? Because uh, it kind of sounds like there's so. kind of some like angst, right? I don't know. I can't. It's hard to describe. Like something's in the air right now. I feel like there's a lot of negotiations happening behind closed doors. Yeah, I hope we see something because we haven't seen anything. I don't think really we saw that one trade with Brian, but like since then, it's just been nothing since that big trade day, I think. So I hope we get something in there so we can talk about it. But, you know, don't want to like force anyone's hand. You know, yeah. make the well, hold on there before we go, because uh, I'll also uh, reveal a little too. H- have you been uh, getting in DMs? Have you have you been working anything? I mean, we saw Jeff's uh, 10 days since last trade offer. It's now on 11. So I am. Here and there, I'll send a trade, but I've been really. Are you are you happy with really your squad right now, or at least heading into I, the draft? I you kind of so. have a vision. Yeah, we got all the old quarterbacks in the league. We're, we're ready <laughs> <laughs> to balance out how young you learned your lessons. You're like, all right, I just got to up the average median of age. How can I do this without impacting my roster? All right, quarterbacks, I got this. the elder but... statesmen. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna do it for sure. But yeah, I, I've definitely been not talking too. So I, I'm gonna see if I could uh, get something done. But I can't promise anything. But it should be fun to figure out.
Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.